The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, April 5th, 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I am your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, and engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Well, here we are in April, and I have a special announcement to make. Uh, Ken and I celebrated our 21st anniversary together. So happy anniversary, Ken. What a wonderful ride it's been. Our anniversary is actually April 1st. We call ourselves Two Fools in Love. Well, I have uh, a special guest today. Joining me on the phone will be Terry Moore, uh, founder of uh, Terry, excuse me, founder of uh, TerryMoon.com, who has taught effective and empowering ways of thinking and communicating and is a holistic health care practitioner, is an international best-selling author and an inspirational speaker and workshop facilitator. Um, we're going to talk about ways we can reduce stress during these times that I call ups down times where there's a lot of us who are making a lot of good trouble and how how do we cope with everything that's going on and you know I had Terry on last week and I did not feel I finished with the interview so thank her so much she's going to be back once again this uh, today to share uh, all that she has to share and you know April is a very special month you know besides it being April Fool's Day and Easter and uh, also it's Earth Day on the 22nd of April April. Each year on the first Tuesday in April, that'll be tomorrow, uh, the Sexual Assault Awareness Month, S-A-A-M Day of Action, provides a day to focus awareness on sexual violence prevention. Nationally recognized in the United States and observed annually as part of the Sexual Assault Awareness Month is a day of action provides tools and resources throughout the campaign. This has been happening since 2004, and if you want more information, all you have to go is to go to www.nsvre.org and remember all this information will be on womenspaces.com so it's uh, the website again www.nsvrc.org well boy it's a lot a lot going on well for this segment I have something very special going on. With me on the phone is the president of KPBF 89.1 FM, where I'm broadcasting with a special announcement about a very special award KBBF just received for their service to our community here in Sonoma County. In February, the Northern California chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists, SPJ, honored KBBF with a Silver Heart, oh my goodness, a Silver Heart Award as part of the Journalism's Group 2020 Excellence in Journalism Awards, a sign of outside recognition for the station's decades of work. You know, I've been with uh, KBBF the first time since 1976. It's just amazing. And the award, the Silver Heart Award, is issued to journalists and media outlets that strive to expose important social issues 
issues that make significant contributions to their communities. Well, welcome, Alicia. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Yes, hi. Uh, uh, can you hear me, Elaine? Yeah, I can hear you, my love. Yes, I know. It's kind of unusual having to call in instead of being right there in the office like I no- normally am. But with this pandemic, we're trying to keep everyone safe. And so we uh, have it close for right now, except for essential workers like yourself and Ken and other programmers um, who are able to come in and do uh, um programming for us and that was that's one of the reasons i love the way you put it that the reason we got this award is because of decades of us uh, of, uh being broadcasting the you know the beauty of this award called the silver heart award by the society of professional journalists of northern california chapter because this is a national organization of journalism um the the beauty of it all is that it really honored KBBF. It wasn't an individual uh, award. It was because KBBF, who is full of professional journalists like yourself and and Ken and all the other uh, um, programmers, this is why we got this award. And I love the fact that it's a silver heart because I feel like that's what KBBF is. It's the heart of the community, of all communities. Even our our logo that we have, you know, our logo that we have says KBBF is the voice of your community. So by your community, it means so many different kinds of communities. communities. And we've been in the forefront, especially during this crisis, this disasters that we've had. From the fires to the, you know, the, the floodings, the, the pandemics, and even, you know, when the Alicia, Alicia, like Alicia, Alicia, you know what I'd like, I'd like to know, well, how did you find out about the award? I mean, what is, what are the parameters? Did they call you on the phone? I mean, and how did you feel going and, and, and representing KBBF and actually receiving it? Well, let me just say that, um, that, uh, hold, I, I hope you can hear my, I set up an alarm, and so anyway, um, here. Uh, well, let me just say that it was really interesting. We actually got um, we got a call from a newspaper uh, here locally. Uh, oh my God, I went blank on it's. Uh, it's the not Bohemian, the, the Bohemian, the Bohemian. Thank you so very much. Um, Bohemian uh, called us. Uh, a reporter for Bohemian will called us and said. Um, I'd like to have an interview because of, because of you receiving this award. And I'm like, what award, you know? And, but I called him back and, 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 and he realized that he had, um, he had gotten the press release before we got it. Oh and goodness. so, of course, uh, he called us and interviewed us. And I thank the Bohemians for help, you know, just itself making us aware of this. <laughs> but then later on that day, we did get from, uh, from the organization itself telling us that we have been awarded the Silver Heart Award. And what it is is that it was their board who selected, you know, out of a lot of people, they select one for the Silver Heart, other for the, the Journalist of the Year, and others for an article of the year, the board. But then there were also other, other uh, at the end, there were hundreds of other entries, and they selected, you know, just like um, uh, one issue. Or let's say um, 
uh, breaking news or something different. But in our category, it's more like uh, exactly like, like you put it, the, the whole how many years we've been doing broadcasting. And it's sort of like one of the top honors of the Silver Heart Award. And, well, let, let, me, um, let me ask you, how did you feel when you got, when you went and all of a sudden there it was, you were being presented? I mean, I know it was on a Zoom and there were, there were many, many people listening. How did you feel after all the energy and, uh, oh my goodness, and support that you and, and the board and all the, all the programmers have done? How did you feel accepting the award? Uh, Oh, I mean, I feel real proud even now. <laughs> Makes me want to cry because for me, you know, for me, it is been, um, KBBF has been so important for me as in a way in, in all the, in all the social struggles that I've been involved in. KBBF has been there to, to help, you know, during many times I've been as an interviewee, you know, uh, talking about the different social struggles I've been involved in or in union. Uh, struggles, but this time being the director and being the board uh, president, it had more. The impact it had was because it really honored all of you, all of you, all the programmers, all of you who come day in and day out and do this volunteer work and and prepare for incredible, incredible programs that you do, um, and. You know, it to me, it was just so wonderful to have the name of KBPF there. Not, you know, my name or somebody else's name, but KBBF. And for me, it just meant that this is, you know, it just was honoring, honoring every single one of you who makes it. This is not, you know, like, it is all of you who are on the air. Yeah, and also honoring all the people behind the, like they say, behind the curtain or whatever the word is, behind like people like Ken, you know, who's not on the air, uh, but he's handling the, the board there with you and all the other people who it takes to, to make a program come through, all the interviewers, all our listeners. This was honoring all those people. And for Alicia, me, Alicia, it just made me feel so proud. Alicia, we're coming to the end of this segment, my friend, and I want to thank you so much for coming on, you know, and, and letting us know. And, you know, for all the community, this is an honor for all community radio stations because it shows the impact that we are actually having on our culture. Well, Alicia Sanchez, president of the board of directors here at KBBF and also the director here, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you do. And I realize it did recognize all, all the, you know, all of us, but behind every great station is a wonderful woman like yourself so thank you so much for being here on women's spaces thank you so very much elaine for inviting me take care bye-bye uh, bye-bye there oh my goodness this, it, it is so exciting you know and i realize that you know our room, women's spaces is also on other community radio stations and we just want to do a shout out for everybody that does all the good work that they do here here, here in Sonoma County and across the globe. So thank you, thank you all for listening and for donating and for supporting. Well, here we go. Next segment of our program, like I always do, is I do, uh, our history is our strength. And this, you know, April is a very full-packed month. It really is. You know, on April 5th, 1911, 
April 5th, 1911, 100,000 to 500,000 people marched in New York City to attend the funeral of seven unidentified victims of the Triangle Shirtwaist uh, Company fire in late March. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, what was happening at that time is there was a strong human, union movement, particularly for worker safety. And of all places, the Triangle Shirtwaist Company was very, very resistant to setting up unions. I mean, it really shows how important they are. Uh, believe it or not, the women, they were mostly 90%, 98% immigrants. They had to supply their own needles, their own threads, irons, and sometimes even their own soy machines. Can you believe that? And the working conditions were so bad that the women didn't even have access to bathrooms in the building and doors were locked so they couldn't go outside and slow down production. And the fire breaks out. The doors are locked. Women were jumping out of buildings. And it was through that fire, which was very, very interesting. There was a woman by the name of Frances Perkins that happened to be walking home from work when she saw that fire and saw the women jumping out of the buildings and made a commitment that when, if she ever had a chance, she was going to make sure that workers' rights were very prevalent and that workers' safety was a number one priority. And guess what? When Franklin Delano Roosevelt was elected president, he nominated her as the first woman to head the Department of Labor, and she did exactly that. She brought in labor laws for children, for individuals, and also safety. I mean, <laughs> amazing. Can you believe this? 1911, they locked the doors and these women were, were in because there was no representation. And representation is very very, very important. Well, another important thing happened, and that was April 7th, Sakawaga. I'm going to spell this. Sakawiga, I believe, is how they pronounce it. Begins helping the Lewis and Clark expedition as an interpreter. Another woman on the front line, Native American, helping these white men go through and do their exposition. So that's Sakawiga. That's how she pronounced it. She began in April 7th, 1805. And then another historic date happened. It's amazing that this would even be historic, but on April 9th, Marian Anderson sings an Easter Sunday concert for more than 75,000 people at Lincoln Memorial. And there was so much racism then. And Helen Roosevelt said, no, the world has got to hear this beautiful voice of Marian Anderson. Well, here's a good one. I didn't know that. I always thought Rosa Parks was the first woman to defy the buses. But I found that on April 9th, 1917, and happy birthday to her. She was uh, made her transition in 2007. Irene Morgan Kirkalady, defied bus driver in 1944, who ordered her to give up her seat and move to the seg- segregated back, kicked the sheriff when arrested. Oh, <laughs> a little feisty woman here. Thurgood Marshall won her case 6-1 to one, on grounds of promoting and protecting national travel, awarded Freedom Medal by President Clinton, who said she took the first step on a journey that would change things. So happy birthday to Irene Morgan Kirkalady.
boy, what what courage these women had. I mean, it's it's just it's just amazing when you when you think about it, you know. And right now, you know, so much is on the line with women's rights, with women's rights to choose. As women, we have to stand up. We have to have a voice. We have to say enough is enough. You know, when the suffragists start meeting and they wanted the right to vote and they wrote the Mother's Day proclamation by Howe, the whole idea was if women got power, we would end wars. We would end poverty. Well, you know where we are today. We're still warring and the country is in a way is moving in a direction that has a big question mark. I mean, we all have our fingers crossed that our democracy is going to going to prevail but we have to remember one thing in our constitution it starts out we the people we the people that means we the people have to stand up and be heard and i want to make a suggestion for you folks out there that are so hung up on our second amendment you know gun rights you know why are people struggling and fighting so hard to keep weapons of destruction available and yet they're very silent when it comes to freedom of speech and our first amendment i mean that to me the first amendment i recommend people read it really begin to understand it and the other amendment you need to read is the 14th amendment these are two of the most important amendments we have in our in our laws and regulations and people need to understand it well, lots to think about, but you know how it is with women's spaces. I'm always trying to put out ideas and things to think about. And sometimes I think I think too much, but, you know, it's better. Than, I guess it's better than not to think at all. Anyway, we're going to take a musical break now. And I'm really excited about having Terry Moon on again. She, she really has so much to say, particularly about how to cope with the, in general, with what's going on in this world. Because we have to be, we have to have a positive spin. We have to have a lot of inner reflection so we can cope. Not only cope, but become active. So, and I'm going to play a wonderful song that I really love. I love this song. And the reason I've chosen it, because what we're going to be talking about is a lot of reflection. And to me, this song is 100% reflection. It's called Pale Moon, and it's sung by uh, Becky Hobbs. This song really inspires me to question what it's all about and how important it is to seek the answers. When I return, I will be talking with Terry Moon, founder of terrymoon.com, and who has taught effective and empowering ways of thinking and communicating, and I really look forward. This is our second interview. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play Pale Moon, and we'll get uh, Terry on the phone. Speak to my spirit tonight 
people, one planet, one heart. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, that is one of my favorite songs. You know, it's all about reflection. It's all about looking within, trying to find what is it? What is it going to take for all of us to get along and to live in peace? Well, for you just joining in, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, the Board of Directors, its members, and Women's Spaces. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my next guest. Joining me on the phone is Terry Moon. Welcome, Terry. Welcome once again to Women's Spaces. Hello, Elaine. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming back on again. Is it okay? I want to tell uh, our listeners just a little bit about you. Sure. Well, Terry Moon, I love the last name, Terry Moon, you know, especially we're listening to that song, Pale Moon. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely a question, definitely a song of great questions. Uh, Terry Moon has taught effective and empowering ways of thinking and communicating for 16 years. She has 33 years experience as a holistic health 
care practitioner, is an international best-selling author and an inspirational speaker and workshop facilitator. Terry offers uh, mediation, group communication skills, training, and private compassionate listening sessions to support authentic artful and aligned living. I love that, Terry. Authentic, artful, and aligned living. Her clients experience meaning and purpose in their lives, joy and authenticity in their relationship, enoughness in their lives in harmony with each other and nature. Anything else you would like to add? And I want to tell you one other thing. I looked up enoughness again. No, we got to put it in the dictionary. <laughs> Any, <laughs> yes. Anything we else? We need you, to put it in the dictionary. Right. Anything, <laughs> anything else that you would like to add, my friend? Oh, just that I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Well, you know, last week... Last week was, I really felt that as we got into the conversation, it, it was, it was too, um, it was too sketchy for me. There was so much more that needed, we needed to go into. So I thought we would just go back a little bit. You know, we left off talking about emotional fluency, but I want to get a yes. more, I want to get a more clarity to begin with, was to talk about these three tools to, uh, to fend off anxiousness and despair. You know, I think they are very important. So the first one I'd like to just to get you, uh, get a little feedback from you, why you think this is so important, to become aware of your current thoughts in the beginning of trying to uh, develop ways to uh, overcome stress and to work more effectively. So if you have a thought, Maybe the, the, the sky is falling, right? The Chicken Little book or something. You have a thought that the sky is falling. What, what emotions do you feel when you have that thought? You probably feel terror, panic, all kinds of fear, right? So that, that thinking that we're having is creating, it can create our thoughts. Uh, our, our, I'm sorry, our thoughts can create our feelings. And so if we're wanting to experience peace and harmony and joy and happiness, then having that thought that the sky is falling is not going to help that. So if we can just change our thinking or at least be aware of the thoughts that we're having, then we can have more choice about our experiences and about our happiness. So it sounds like the awareness gives you an opportunity to more choice. And also it feels like, you know, I know for myself, if I get all of a sudden I get a negative thought, you know, I could go on for hours. It just drops me to the ground before the end of the day, you know. But if I change it, I am more, have more power within and have more control over what's happening. Do you think that that's kind of what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And, and you know, my experience is in teaching this for so long is that we, we're not aware. These, these thoughts that we're having are often, they run through our minds so quickly that we often don't even notice that, that they're there. And when we start unpacking things, then we can become aware of those emotions. And I, I unpack things by, by doing empathy. And empathy means that I guess what someone's feeling and what they're needing. And it's important to get to the core of the emotions because those emotions are like flashing red lights that are in our body that are telling us, hey, if I'm happy, some need of mine is being met. If I'm not happy, maybe I'm in fear, then some need of mine is not being met. 
and when we have the clarity about the the feelings, then we can we can get some clarity about the need, and then we're more likely to actually get our needs met. But it all begins with that thought that runs through so quickly that we might not even catch it. But whenever we have these feelings, those are more noticeable, right? It's like when, you know, maybe you're just, <laughs> you're called to, to overwork or maybe you're called to get something to drink, you know, or, oh, suddenly that margarita sounds really good, um, whereas you weren't even thinking about it before. Or or some people, it's, it's ice cream instead of margaritas. Or other people, it's, oh, I, I need to run to the mall to buy something. You know, there's so many different ways that we have we we've gotten into the habit of numbing ourselves from our feelings but if we instead we listen to those feelings and hear what the thought is that's creating the feeling then yes we have all that choice and it, it literally can change our life one moment at a time well you know it's it's really interesting as i went on your your website you know i really encourage people to visit it i mean it's just packed with so much good information and so many different ideas on how to how to kind of improve this and one of the things that i came across that i've been reading it especially with these three tools that you talk about is the idea of our stories are our lives and then choosing a different story i was thinking about these poor souls that are out there, you know, being, you know, shooting people. I mean, when I think about it, you know, what what story are they telling themselves? Or when people get violent or suddenly there's an argument and they, 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 they slam somebody, you know, and it's like there's this story going on inside of them. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that, about why stories that we tell ourselves are so important and how, what are some of the ways that we can change that story? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about when you're talking about emotional fluid it feels to mm-hmm. me like when you're not being fluent emotional, there's something, there's a story going, there's something going on in your mind or there's something you're telling yourself. Besides the feelings and the thoughts, this, there's a running story. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think I think that the story is the thought that's creating the feelings, but I, I honestly don't believe that we were ever taught emotional fluency. I think I mentioned that last time that Brene Brown's research shows that the average American has three feeling words, and she says they're sad, mad, or glad. But like I said, my experience is that people's feeling words are, I feel good, I feel bad, or I feel fine. And, and the fine is with the big smile with the F-I-N-E written across their front teeth saying, fine, don't ask me how I am because I don't know how I am. And it's that we don't have the vocabulary. We, we're not able to actually identify those feelings that are happening in our bodies. And so we're at a loss for how to create intimacy or how to connect, create connection with ourselves and with others because as a human being, that's how we create the connection is by having that into me see, the, being able to see inside ourselves what those feelings and those emotions are because that's what human beings all have in common is our emotions. We may tell ourselves different stories, but, you know, so that's a harder way for us to connect with each other. But the connection comes from connecting with ourselves and being able to identify, but also being able to express and speak those needs and those feelings that we're having with other people. And like I said before, it's like identifying the feeling 
leads to us having the clarity about the need, which leads to us being able to speak it out loud, and then our needs are more likely to become met. To actually, We're actually more likely to get what we need. If I don't know that I'm thirsty or I'm hungry, then how am I going to be able to go get some food or some drink to be able to quench that thirst and that hunger? If I don't know that I need intimacy or connection, then it's much less likely to get my, I'm much less likely to be able to get my need met. Well, and I'm wondering if that addresses your thoughts or your question. Well, I want to read you something, you know, before we, because yes. I'm really, I really want you to talk about what is emotional fluency. How can we increase it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are the consequences for not having it? But let me read this. Mm-hmm. I found this, this came across, uh, on the, on Facebook, which was really interesting. There's a picture of a lion. It's just, there's a lion. And then in front of him, there's another angelic lion, like kind of like his inner self. And this is, this is what it says in the, in the little, in the little piece. Finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are not lost. Your true self is right here, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions, and inaccurate conscious uh, conclusion you draw as a child and adult Become that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself and unlearning an evacuation, a remembering who you were before you the world got its hands on you. Yes, yes. You know, it's true. And, you know, in my history, I was a body worker, and one of the things that I was doing was... Um, reprogramming people's core beliefs and fears you know what what is that thought what is that belief system that is creating our lives and you know if you have a belief system as i did years ago was that the world is not a safe place to be then or the world is a dangerous place then you start you have experiences that Make the world not, you make you and your body not feel safe in the world. And then, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So changing those thinking and changing those belief systems, which I was always doing at the cellular level because I was a hands-on practitioner, you know, changing those, your thinking and your beliefs changes your entire experience in the world so suddenly when i changed that belief about the world not being safe suddenly instead of having partners that were physically abusive suddenly i had people who i felt totally safe with that were totally not they would never even have the thought of hurting me physically just so I'm wondering if that addresses what you're asking. Yeah, about. no, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it, we're bombarded. We're told all these things about ourselves, you know, like I, I remember when, uh, you know, I was thinking about as I was reading this and as I was going over the notes for the interview, I was thinking about exactly what you were saying is that how I believe that I was unlovable. You know, I was going to be oh. abandoned. So what ends up happening? You find people that will support that and you end up getting mm-hmm. abandoned. And it, it wasn't until, you know, I was, I, I I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. I announced that, that Ken and I have had 21 years together, and mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that's a result of changing 
you know, changing your thought. So, so give us some ideas, you know, how can, you know, how can we understand or how can we, uh, I don't know if this is the right word. How can we enhance? Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Our emotional fluency. What are some suggestions you have uh, for people to start on that path? Well, one of the things that I do is I have a, um, a free gift that I give to people, which is a list of 100 feelings words, and they're divided so that it's easy to find your way around it. So there's a top half, which are words that, you know, feelings that we have when our needs are being met, and then there's a bottom half of feelings words, 50 words that we have of sensations or emotions that when our needs are not being met. And they're grouped so that it's easy to find your way around the handout so people can ask themselves the question, what am I feeling and what am I needing? And if you can do that and just look at the sheet, when you find the feeling that's going on in your body, your body will say, yeah, that's it. That's it, just having the list. And so that's a way to develop the vocabulary of what's going on. But then also there's a next step. And this same handout that I'm referring to has a list of 66 needs, which are universal human needs. That means it doesn't matter if you're male or female or young or old. It doesn't matter what country in the world you live in. We all have the same needs. As human beings, can you and give so an example? Sixty-six of those. Can you give one or two, maybe three examples? Yeah. So maybe I'm feeling. Let me see. I've got, I got my little list right here. Maybe I'm feeling lonely because I need belonging, or maybe I'm feeling skeptical because I have a need for trust. See, this is different. I don't have to call someone a liar. I, I can just say, I'm feeling skeptical about what that person just said because I have a need for to trust, you know. And when I can get clear about that, there's a lot of different ways I can get my need for trust met. And I can, you know, literally, when I'm at the level of trust, the level of needs, then there is no conflict. That's the beauty of this. And our culture, our habit is to find a, a fix-it. We, ha- we, we come up immediately with the strategy for how to change the situation. Without, We skip right over the need. And skipping over the need means we don't have any choice, but it also means it creates conflict in our lives. So that's the beauty of this, is that we can say, if we can ask ourselves, what am I feeling in this moment? right now, which changes on average every seven seconds, I hear, you know, just the, the, the ask ourselves that feeling and then find the need that that emotion is pointing to that's either being met or not met. Then we can literally use that value or that need, value is another word for need in this case, we can use that value to find a, a whole infinite array of strategies and if there's a conflict between two different people then suddenly there's no problem because we just get creative about how can we meet both people's needs at the same time without anybody having to compromise that's another thing I love about thinking in these terms and 
using this heart-based communication methodology is that nobody ever has to compromise. We can all get what we need. It's just a matter of thinking in terms of the values and getting creative, thinking outside the box. Can you hold, a whole, can yeah. you hold that thought? right there because what i'd like to do and i hope it's okay with you i'd like to take a little musical break here and 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 one of the things another thing that i have to say that attracted me to all the things that you are working on is that one of the questions you you wanted me to ask you was is how we can use some of the skills that you're talking about to bridge the political divide currently happening in america which i think i think a lot of it has to do with needs not being met and people not understanding what they need and not getting what they need and not understanding how to compromise and negotiate so let's hold that thought and i'm going to play this song and i I love this song it's by kate wolf it's called she rises like a dolphin and what it is what what i love about the song it shows us the duality of our nature that what we have to look at so we're going to take a musical break, Terry, and then when I come back, okay. we will continue our conversation, and we will be talking okay. more about women and empowerment. And also, folks, we're going to get a little bit deeper, talk about how we can hone in on some of these skills and help us in our activism work. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play She Rises Like a Dolphin, sung by Kate Wolf. <laughs> Casting shadows like a painter's palette night. Her hair fans out around her, floating like a crown. She plays on the water, lets it pull her down. Sometimes she swims in moonlight with the stars high above. Night sounds of the water. Soft of love Her skin turns to velvet As she feels the waters glide She loses all her boundaries On this magic carpet ride You see ripples on the water shadows dance Then she's diving down And you're looking through a glass Like a one-way mirror Her reflection's far below Where she was She isn't now That's all you really know Two swimmers in the water One of silver One of gold One below the surface, one reaching for a hole, one floating freely, one trying not to drown, a dreamer with two faces, a dolphin and a clown. (laughs) 
hold her in a shallow pool Or catch her in a waterfall You're thinking like a fool She'll strike for the horizon Like a ship out to sea But even just illusions That look like memories She wears the water like a man a brand new suit of clothes A player on the stage An actress no one knows See her roll and tumble Falling like a clown A swimmer in the water That runs from higher ground A swimmer in the water who rise to higher grounds. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And online with me on the phone is uh, Terry Moore, uh, Moon, excuse me, Terry, Terry Moon. And we're talking about empowering and their inner self and how to, uh, how to listen to those voices and make better choices. So welcome back again, Terry. Thank you, Elaine. What, what did you think of that song? I mean, I just think that song is so incredible. Very relaxing for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the way she talks Mm -hmm. about diving deep, and I think that's what we're talking about. Well, well, and what we were talking about, how can this, how can all that you're saying and everything that you have, I mean, like, I I really want to encourage people to go to your website. At the end, we will give all that information and also remind people it is on www.womenspaces.com. What we are talking about, how can this be utilized in resolving conflicts and shifting dynamics in relationships? Particularly, you know, like oftentimes in relationship, one person says something, another person says another thing. We never even hear each other. Yes, oh, that that is a problem. If 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 the communication is only going one direction, then um, and it's not being received, then obviously you're not going to be having very much connection from that kind of communication. But um, I say that the very first step is to get curious. And um, I think that sometimes we don't hear the other side because we're trying to think about what the next thing we're going to say is rather than really being present and listening to the other person and trying to understand what's going on for them. And um, I think we're scared that we're going to have to compromise or we're not going to get our needs met. And that's what I love about this this whole different way of thinking and speaking is that we know that we're going to find a way to meet everyone's needs and that everyone's needs matter and nobody has to compromise or settle. We can actually find a way to meet everybody's needs at the same time. And so it really starts with being curious. And it also starts with having that vocabulary, uh, our emotional fluency and being able to be able to convey to another person what's happening inside of us because so many times we want to compare our outsides with another person's insides. And that doesn't work because what's happening on the inside is very different than what's happening on the outside, I'd say 90% of the time. So, yeah, so, and then, then we need to be able to, you know, once we have the clarity about what it is that we're feeling and what it is that we're needing, then we need to be able to trust that asking for that is okay. 
And that's another thing that I watch my students struggle with sometimes is that, you know, that somehow that it's not okay for us to ask for what we need. And that's something we all need to get over because if, if we, and, and I, and I do think that having a community where there's no judgment or criticism or blame really supports that to happen. And there's a safety that gets created when there's a curiosity as well. So, so those are some of the other pieces of this whole different way of thinking and speaking that I have been learning and teaching since 1996. Well, you know, it's interesting that when you were saying that, I was thinking of having a conversation and you use the word be curious rather than your own mind, what you want, blah, blah, blah. Just take a moment and be curious about the other person. And in your curiosity, you can hear better, I think. Absolutely. You can hear better. But the other thing that happens is, is if I stop and stay present with you and really hear what you're saying, then... Once you've been heard and you know you've been heard, which in my experience, you know, after doing this for so many years, I can, I can do that. I can reflect back to someone what they're saying in just a few seconds. And then they, once they know they've been heard, then they can hear me at a whole deep, deeper level. And so it increases, it actually increases the likelihood that I'm going to get my needs met when I'm able to be present and really hear another person. Well, you know, you know, one of the questions that you said that we were, that in your, what you sent me is that using what we talked about, how can we bridge the political divide currently happening in America? And as, as you were talking about the curiosity and all these other things, I was thinking about this horrible thing that happened on January 6th at the Capitol. I mean, the anger and the frustration, you know, I, it was a horrific thing, but at the same time, you can't help but notice the anger and the frustration and the lack of communication that was going on in the, in, as far as getting needs met, but, what what how 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 does stuff like this work to to work on people that have these kind of ideas well when i work with people one on one there's a like a three step process that i deal that i do with them and that and actually it happens so that you know say a, there's a couple but maybe the 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 male partner doesn't want to come to therapy or counseling or mediation or whatever it is and i i do mediation but i offer these one-on-one sessions because there's conflict happening and people need support but maybe the other partner isn't willing or able to come to those sessions and so i can work with one person and change the dynamics in the relationship completely using a three-step process and and like what i'm doing i'm doing this drop-in group once a month called bridging the political divide we're having just whoever shows up for that it's a meetup group so you never know who's going to come and there's no commitment so people just show up and what we're doing is i'm teaching people how to listen so that they can actually learn something from the other side and I think what happens is we kind of get stuck in this place where, oh, I know what's happening. I know what's going on for another, or I'm, the way I think about it is the right way, or the wrong way. They're wrong, you know, and this, all this judgment of right and wrong and good and bad, it's such a habit in our culture. And I like to just do away with all of that kind of thinking and just throw the doors off and say, 
there is no right, there is no wrong. There's just every person doing the very best they can in each moment to get their needs met. And if we can just trust and know that each person is doing the best they can to get their needs met, then we can show up and hear each other in a different way. I have a really dear friend who uh, we've been friends for 30 years. Years ago, we shared an office together. And so it's she's really special to me. And she is completely on the other side of the political aisle from me. And we have discussions. We have love. We share so much with each other. And one of the things that I've seen about what's with the separation between the two sides is that we're getting different information. <laughs> and I'm fascinated to hear what there's what she's been hearing, you know, and the other side has been hearing compared to what I've been hearing because it's it's not the same information. And so no wonder we have differences between us. But uh, even with that, I think if we can get on the same page with the information we're receiving, um, and, and I do think that there's something too, you know, the powers that be are kind of like divide and conquer, right? So that by becoming together and bridging that divide, I think that the people have a lot more power because we have unity than, you know, when we're on two separate sides and we're seeing each other as the enemy. Then we only have half as much power and we're we're having conflict with each other. So a lot of the resources that we might have to surviving and to thriving we are going to, you know, helping to stop the conflict. So it, I feel sad just you know, knowing about that because um, well, but you brought up it's, it's you brought, not the way to use resources, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> efficiently. You, you brought up something very important. Going back to the beginning of this conversation, everybody has different stories. So, yes. so maybe it comes down to not only recognizing that, but listening to each other's stories. And I believe, to, in my belief system, is that we're going to come down to the same thing. We're all needing the same thing. We want to be heard. We want to be fed. We want to, you know, we want all the different things that we need and want to per, want to have for ourselves. And I think that in itself brings understanding. When we understand that we're, even though we're coming from different places, and I know that's a hard one because when you see violence and you see all those different things. Well, Terry, here we are again. We're coming to the end of our segment. <laughs> And I mean, I just want to thank you. This has been such a rewarding conversation, and I know people are going to benefit from it. So why don't you, last words real quick, and also give us your website and anything else that you would like to say, my friend. Okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, you know, as we're talking, it just boils down to, do we want to live in love or do we want to live in fear? And I think that the more that we are able to open our hearts to both to ourselves and to others, the more we can live in love and the more we can stay out of fear. And that takes maybe being some a little bit vulnerable and it takes, you know, communicating things that we might have a, a habit of hiding from others. But if in that process, it's so satisfying, the connections that we can have and um, the world that we can create. Well, thank you and, for that. Um, yes. So my website is terrymoon.com, and that's uh, T-E-R-R-I. 
M-O-O-N.com. And people can find uh, lots of different options for training. There's links there. The first link on the, underneath the training tab is for my drop-in group, which on the second Saturday of each month is the Bridging the Political Divide. And there's all kinds of other possibilities there, as you said, on the website. So I hope people go there and check it out. And I'd be happy to um, send them one of my free gifts which is this list of 100 feelings and 66 words, plus some training wheels of how to use these um, different tools. If they're interested, they can email me, terry at terrymoon.com, to receive one of those gifts. Well, Terry Moon, thank you so much. And I definitely am going to be emailing you and getting one of those gifts. It just sounds wonderful, just the idea to be able to identify feelings. Well, folks, that's it for our show. A special, special thank you to Terry Moore for giving us some insight. Oh, my goodness. Where's my head this morning? Terry Moon for giving us some insight into how to have better and more positive inner relationships and an inner life. And a special thank you to Alicia Sanchez, president of KBBF, for letting us know about this wonderful award. A reminder, all information can be heard and listed on www.womensbases.com. on Monday, April 5th, 2021.